0: Hello everybody, this is Dia Partak, your host of The Return of the Descendants. And I'm also a Slovak American who's recently began to dive in deeper to my cultural heritage. And I started to wonder how many other people are out there who are also learning about themselves through their heritage? And what are the unique reasons that so many people are beginning to look into their ancestral past? So I am on a journey to meet these other people that have this desire to learn more about their heritage and incorporate it into their day to day. So join me as we find out what inspires this new generation. Return of the Descendants is a production of Uprooted Media, a nonprofit promoting multicultural awareness and representation in history and media. For more information, check us out online. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Return of the Descendants. Today's episode is very special because we have the opportunity to hear from three different generations of the same Slovak American family, the Gen Z's, which takes us to the US states of Maryland and California. Each of these three generations have felt a calling back to the homeland. And each of these three generations play a special role in keeping the heritage alive and developing. So, allow me to introduce you to the current Slovak-American generation.
1: Hi, my name is Lizzie Rosetti. I'm currently 17. I'm a junior at Bethesda Chevy Chase High School, so very close to DC. I'm on the varsity crew team. My grandfather is Slovak, and my mom's kept me very, like, in the loop, and we also travel a lot. I've been to Slovakia, um, and I definitely like to go back
0: the bridge generation.
1: I am Kristen Jensi.
2: I am a very proud descendant of a Slovak father, and I have great memories of visiting his extended family when I was small, watching my grandma make poppy seed rolls, and we'd all go to church, and they would drink Slovovich and play poker at night. I just have great memories of, of my Slovak uh, side of the family, and um, I just really enjoy keeping that part of my history and my family culture
0: alive and the immigrant generation.
3: Uh, My name is Michael uh, Jensi and I was born in Slepkose. It's a small village in uh, eastern Slovakia and uh, I was born in 1937 and uh, I came to the United States when I was two and a half. It's really odd because my mother was born in the United States and her mother brought her back to Slovakia when she was two and a half. So my mother came back to Slovakia at two and a half, and I came to the United States at two and a half. So that's sort of uh, the beginning of the story.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Gen C family. So I wanted to ask each of you why your Slovak heritage is so important and what motivates you to keep living in it and keeping it alive.
1: Yeah, um, I'd say like it's super important to kind of understand where you came from. So you understand like why your family is celebrating the things that they do and kind of like why all of these things came to be. But I feel like my friends already know a lot about themselves and where they came from because just like me, like they have like grandparents who've immigrated from Europe, who've come here, who've like made a like life for themselves and they're successful. So I think right now we kind of all share like the common goal of wanting to make those sacrifices worth it. We're all very like ahead of the game here.
0: Yeah, definitely ahead of the game. I know I was not thinking about this when I was 17 years old. Kristen, what do you think about what your daughter just said?
2: I, I just I find that so um touching. <laughs> And that's the other thing I love about the Slovak roots is, well, you know, this sounds really cheesy, but I know how much my father struggled to assimilate and get a job and be successful. And it makes me so determined to capitalize on his sacrifice, you know, to see my kids succeed in whatever way they want. She talks about going to college in Europe, which I just think is such a great thing that she wants to understand other cultures. and. I don't know. That means a lot to me. But it all stands on my grandparents' courage and bravery to come over here. They gave me the ultimate gift, and I feel like it's, it's our turn just to do something with it.
0: Heritage is very much a tribute, it sounds like, for your two generations. Michael, I'd love to hear your thoughts on where this desire comes from.
3: I, I guess it's the influence of the parents. When the parents uh, speak of their stories, uh, and I guess it raises... Interest. I think it's uh, just being a part of uh, the history of their evolution makes the progress uh, continue. So, luckily, Kristen is one of the uh, people in our family that's carrying the load in terms of getting more information and finding more. It's it's just fantastic. So.
2: Well, I say the same to you, dad. I mean, I just love this idea of Lizzie and and Ben, you know, just going back to where it began and where you were born and seeing that, and it's so meaningful to them. And they know they've heard me talk about, you know, your sacrifice and all the things you really had to go through. And I know you don't like to talk about it. You're, you're very humble, but your life story is an incredible story. And I think you should be honored and thanked for all that you did. For us and you know I just want the kids to remember that too that's all
3: okay well thank you (laughs) you for those kind words you're you're an angel and I really appreciate it so thank you very much
2: yeah dad I mean you've done amazing things in your life really and you've given us all so much so it's all just to thank you and carry on all the great stuff that you've given to us including being hardworking and determined which I know whatever I have I got from you and your mother and father like, you've been so great about all the changes in your life and making the most of them. And I, I just think that's the lesson I want my kids to learn. And and I want them to be proud of their Slovak heritage. It's unique and interesting and a beautiful place.
3: And it's a place that's uh, constantly changing. And, and uh, most of the people just go along with, with the change. But they always have that part of them that wants to remember the beginnings. And, yes. and luckily, we have people like you
0: Yes, Kristen has done a lot to keep the history going, one being assisting you, Michael, in getting your family stories in print in the new book by Zuzana Palovic and Gabriela Beruzagova, Slovak Settlers. Um, I know in the book, you guys shared a lot about the struggles that you and your parents had upon moving to America. Can you guys tell us just a little bit about that arrival and some of the struggles that you spoke of?
2: His mother came over first. Just the strongest woman you could possibly imagine. And the way I understand it, maybe my dad will correct me in a few minutes, but my grandfather didn't really want to leave. He loved his farm. He loved Slovakia. And she was like, you know what? This place stinks. I'm out. And she left. <laughs> and she's like, I want to go. She was like, I know there's more opportunity there for us. I'm going to go work and I will, I will get enough money for you guys to come over. And that is what she did. And that she is the most determined woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so that's another tremendous sacrifice. I mean, his mom had to leave him when he was very young. So my grandmother, I hope she's a role model for Lizzie.
0: It sounds like your grandmother could be a role model for all, all of us. What has it been like for you hearing some of these stories directly from your father? It's it's
2: a great question. It's a difficult thing because I think it's a little painful for him. I know it's part of every immigrant struggle that you come here and, you know, life wasn't easy. They didn't have a lot of money. You know, my grandmother had many, many children and she was working full time. So that part of the story and I know my dad talks about it in so Settlers is just it's I think it created a very difficult childhood for him. You know, he didn't have a lot of love and affection and support, but he's very close with his siblings and he was very close with his parents. But my dad decided at a young age to leave and go pursue the dream in California. (laughs) So that created, you know, a lot of distance for the family. But we would go every summer, drove from California to Bridgeport, Connecticut to visit his family. And those were some of the best memories of my childhood. You know, we, I had Gazillions of cousins. I had my grandmother and my grandfather, and um, they had a tiny two bedroom house. We'd all get together, sleep on the floor, and just drink and eat and play games in a tiny little place. And it was fine, right? And you, know, you wouldn't do that today. You wouldn't invite like 50 <laughs> members of your family to in a two bedroom house. You know, anyway, it was a great lesson in the value of just being together.
0: Truly an amazing gift that your father gave you.
2: It, it, it is. And, you know, I'll, I'll sing my dad's praises. I mean, that man worked 12 hour days. He raised three kids. He went to college at night. I mean, the man was going to make it. And, and um, you know,
0: I, I, it's so easy to overlook. Well, Michael, a lot of us here are speaking your praise. Would you like to comment on what that was like for you? growing up and making this all happen for the family and the next generation. Well,
3: yeah, well, when I'm going through that process and you're young, it seems like you have unlimited energies. And uh, I remember one time I worked for 24 hours straight. It's kind of uh, amazing, you know, your body can take all kinds of things. And so it was kind of an interesting work ethic because I was going to school at the same time. So that made it kind of interesting. It's just a, a section of an evolutionary process of, of trying to do the best you can with the circumstances. Like When I was young, my mother and father both worked, and, and my father had his awful job because he couldn't speak English. He eventually got silicosis, and he couldn't work at all, and uh, my mother told him that he should go to night school to learn English, and he went, I guess he got a high school diploma in about nine months and learned to speak English, and that helped his process of evolved, So you know? I don't think my mother ever went to school. So she learned how to be a farm girl and learn to cook and sew and do the best she can.
0: Wow. Yeah. Life of the immigrant generation is very different than it is for the later generations. Lizzie, I'm curious what comes up for you when you hear your grandfather talk about his past and his parents' experiences.
1: Um. Well, it's... It definitely makes me think about how, like, lucky I am and how, like, grateful I am for my, like, parents and my grandfather for, like, working so hard to, like, give me such a good life. Like, I'm so lucky to, like, be where I am right now and have the things that I have. So it really, like, makes me think back and, like, realize, like, how hard that I have to work so I can keep this way of, like, all their accomplishments. And, like, it's very inspiring to hear stuff like this. Cause I mean, like you forget that this all like happened and this is how far we've come, but it like really like helps you like appreciate everything and like make you want to like keep working harder. So like, yeah.
0: So Lizzie, you had mentioned earlier that you have been to Slovakia. How old were you? Um, I believe I was 12 maybe. Oh, wow. So 12.
1: yeah, I was pretty young when I went, but I think it was very good to go during that time Like, I think it truly shaped, like, my outlook on things now. So How so? Well, I think, like, immersing me in travel at such a young age just makes me prone to, like, wanting to do that even more. Um, And I know it's also something that my parents love doing. So (laughs) I think I also get some of that from them. Um, But, yeah, like, I'd love to go to college abroad. So it's definitely something that I'm interested in and, like, I think my parents helped like form that interest
0: uh what did you like about slovakia what were your impressions
1: and i really like castles um i think they're very pretty and slovakia has a ton (laughs) (laughs) i'll never
2: forget we were just cruising around with nowhere particularly we wanted to go and they'd say castle here castle there it was it was really fun (laughs) Yes. And you just stopped and there was no like line or tickets or you could just stroll around and take phenomenal photos. And it was so beautiful. That's one of my fondest memories.
0: Your love of castles, Lizzie, makes me think of a story you told me a while ago about a school project you did. Um, Do you remember that? Can you share with the listener a little bit?
1: Yeah, I remember that. I think it was like six grade possibly we had to find something that like interested us and then inform others about it so I did it about Slovakia and I like made like flashcards about like important words and what they meant and then I did fun facts about it and kind of like how there were so many castles as I remember that was Very fun and
0: so cool. You are the youngest Slovak awareness advocate I think I've met thus far. (laughs) And so, Kristen, was that your first time in Slovakia as well?
2: No, I went right before we had kids. So, 2000 was my first time. My father had gone back to visit when it was still communist. So, it it was harder for him, I think, couldn't just like pop back over and go see people.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, Michael, I really, want to hear about your experience returning back to slovakia
3: i did get a chance to uh, go back to uh, czechoslovakia when i was in the 70s and i was in my 40s so four of us ended up going to uh, the little town that i was born in and it was interesting because it was hard to talk to them because i had like a five or six year old uh, vocabulary i i had tears in my eyes many times talking to the people when i was there like I I actually had a feeling of belonging and then I had to leave and and then I had a feeling of not being able to do anything about that.
0: Wow, that sounds like just a very visceral to the core belonging and experience you had. Aside from the difficulties with communication, I imagine there was a lot of difficulties being in a Soviet state and just navigating through that.
3: Well, I know that my sister was well aware the communist section and they say you can't do this you can't say this you can't there's a lot of restrictions as to what you can do i've heard of people uh being stranded at the train station and then they were put in prison because they had no uh, legal right you had to have a legal right to be wherever you were in europe when it was communist So that was really tricky. I had to run for a train a couple of times. But that middle 70s, when that section of Europe was communist, was very dangerous.
2: Hey, Doug, you always talk about the sounds of the men singing. Was that part of the 1979 trip?
3: No, that wasn't. That was was kind of when my father was growing up. And he would tell me about that. Okay. He told me about how other villagers would get together and and have this song fest and I don't know what created that, but I guess that just happened when he was a young man. They, they used to sing uh, when they got together and he, uh, he was very proud of the fact that he was part of that, Where that fantastic music. I don't know what songs they sang, but I guess they had a book of songs of their evolution and then they expressed them together, so that was kind of a neat time in his life and they try to keep that uh, going and but as as the war just messed up everything because you know half the people were leaving as fast as they can so those kinds of traditions sort of went by the wayside
0: gosh to be able to hear that again or see that occur would just be remarkable but so many traditions do start to disappear sadly which leads me then to ask you, Kristen, and Lizzie, what other traditions that you have been able to keep going for your guys' generation?
1: I remember we would bake a lot when I was younger. So I remember testing out a lot of like Slovak recipes, especially like the poppy seed rolls. Like, we make them for my grandpa and then we'd like send them to him. So that's something that's like very prevalent in my mind. Um, and, and we are so lucky to live in D.C. because every year
2: we you know either go to the Svati Mikolas party or we you know go to the Christmas market we go to the embassy days there's so many fun things that we can do here to stay in touch with the Slovak world uh, that's just such a gift to to have access to that stuff to keep it you know alive and and front and center in her world like just the other weekend, we went to a Czech and Slovak market and, you know, they just had so much stuff for sale. And it's it's such a great thing. But the people keeping those markets alive are my parents' generation. Right. And once they stop making their poppy seed rolls and gingerbread to sell the markets, you know, we wonder if this is
0: going to go continue. Gosh, so true. Um, I see that in some of the events that I go to as well. Just again, that fear of traditions leaving. And it sounds like for you, Lizzie, this is something that you very much enjoy and are a part of keeping it going. What is your favorite event that you've gone to?
1: I think like my favorite is the Slovak Christmas market. And they will be, like, food. And then they'll usually have, like, a band playing. They'll be selling jewelry. They'll also sell, like, Christmas ornaments, which we always make sure to get some. And then we'll put them on our tree for the year. That's awesome. And both my kids, uh, my older son, Ben, and Lizzie, wanted to take Slovak (laughs)
2: lessons. And it was so fun with a really sweet teacher teaching us how to say pancakes and cheese. and (laughs) And it was just so... um. It was
0: really a fun thing. Can you still speak it? Do you know some of the language still?
1: Sure. If I like got back into it, it'd start like what I'd learn would start coming back. Helicinki?
2: Is that like, pancakes? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Food words are always what I remember. <laughs> um, but it's a hard language, Slovak is. <laughs> True.
2: But my grandma and grandpa really struggled to learn English here. And I remember as a small child, it was really hard to communicate them. And their accents were so thick. I wish I had done it earlier so I could have uh, communicated better with them. But an well, example I always use with my kids is, you know, we say Pennsylvania. My grandmother would say Bania. I couldn't, of course, understand a lot of the words she would say. But anyway, everybody managed to communicate okay. But can't imagine how hard it was for them. You know, it's not easy to learn this language either. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Lizzie, so you had mentioned your friends earlier in the podcast. And I'm curious, how do you promote your Slovak culture with them?
1: Um, I think it's something that I don't really have to, like, keep, like, promoting because my friends already, like, know it about me. (laughs) (laughs) they know this stuff they like know that I'm doing this um but like definitely I think a big thing is like the Slovak citizenship that we're trying to like get because if I got that then I'd really like be able to like go there kind of like whenever I could live there and I think that would definitely like impact things with my friends here (laughs) yeah
2: totally
0: jealous
2: (laughs) I mean I'm super excited about it. Of course, as we get closer to college, I don't want her to go that far away. But if she wanted to go to Europe for college, I mean, I think that would just be incredible and something that seems natural. I'm so proud of Lizzie. I mean, If you saw her doing crew, I mean, the strength and determination that it takes to row that boat and stick with those teammates through thick and through thin, you know, she is the very example of determination. Veering back to our last point for a second, I mean, Europe is her stage. And however it turns out, I think it'd just be so valuable to her as a citizen of the world going forward in what she wants to do and be.
0: Such a great statement, and I'd love to hear, from Michael, if you have any last bits of wisdom for us as a very young immigrant to the United States from Slovakia.
3: It doesn't make any difference where you're you're born or growing up. I guess it makes a difference in how you handle issues as they occur, and you do the best you can with what you have uh, to deal with. So I don't know if luck is the right word, but sometimes you make your own luck, and that's uh, it would happen to him and it happened to a lot of people and it happened to me in a way because you know I just worked hard and went through uh, several stages of uh, evolving and uh, it seems like things will never change and then suddenly a small thing occurs and the small thing is like a starting stone for a different type of life and you're never ready for change but before you know you're in a different mindset and we're striving to do the best we can and eventually it pays off. So that's, that's, I guess, the bottom line in the evolution of our family. And you get to a point where we are now where you can talk about it and write about it if you can. And so it's passed on to the next generation. You know?
0: Beautiful. I think that says it all, Michael.
3: Well, uh, I I enjoyed talking to you all. And it's nice that we can take a, some moments to uh, stop and reflect on how we got to where we are now and so thank you for this podcast and and uh, hopefully we can do another one
2: thank you dad and and a big thanks to lizzie too for for joining us i i do think it's a beautiful thing to see how this spans the generations and uh and again just thanks to you and to global slovakia of course for giving me the tool to uh, help tell my father's story which uh, is is so meaningful to me to keep it alive for others to learn
0: from Yes. Thank you, Kristen and Michael and Lizzie. I very much appreciate having you guys as guests on the podcast. So thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you tune in for our next episode as we continue to shed light on many of the Slovak descendants living around the world. And if any of the listeners is interested in learning more about Michael, you can purchase the book Slovak Settlers through the nonprofit organization called Global Slovakia. Global Slovakia is not a part of Uprooted Media, but we do support the work that they do as well. Return of the Descendants is a production of Uprooted Media. Want to support this podcast or our Slovak Arkansas documentary? Then check us out online to donate. And thank you to all of our supporters and donors. Without you, this could not be possible. Thank you to James Ashley Mayer and Zoe Solar for the use of their music in this podcast. And thank you to our project manager, Amanda Vijamil Sarani. Without Amanda's support, we would not be able to put together our podcast or do the wonderful work that we do with the documentary. Thank you. Thank you for listening and we hope you tune in for the next episode of Return of the Descendants.